I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Hey everybody, how's it going? Welcome back along to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast, part of the 90 Min Football Network as ever. I'm your host, Harry Simiu, and on this edition of the show, we're going to be discussing Mikel Arteta's pre-Manchester City comments. We're going to be talking about the need for Arsenal to reinforce in midfield. That came straight out of the manager's mouth, you know. It's not just paper talk. We'll be discussing all of that, dissecting all of that, breaking it down. We'll be talking Amadou Onana, a player currently who plays his football in the Premier League, who's been heavily linked with a move to the Gunners. We'll be discussing him and whether he'll be a good fit. And we'll be taking some of your thoughts and questions, of course, from the live chat box. A big hello to everybody joining us live. I hope you're all good. Hope you're all well. Sorry for the slightly later uh, live stream today. I've been down in the office today. I've been in 90 min towers uh, all day long. Lots of meetings, uh, lots of catching up with people. So it was a little bit later than I'd hoped getting home. Uh, hence why uh, the podcast is coming to you that little bit later. But better late than never, uh, they always say. Okay, let's say a few hellos before we dive right into the thick of it. Big hello to Harvey, to Kev, uh, to Vlad, uh, to Peenyween, to John, to Nexus, to Ian, to Gustavo, to Nav. Uh, who else have we got? Glenn is with us as well. We've got Mark, Sam Rudman, GB, and plenty more of you. Trevor's there too. Uh, I hope you're all good. I hope you're all well. Um, I hope you've all had a good day. And um, yeah, we're going to try and make sense of some of the latest uh, Arsenal transfer i don't know what to call them anymore are they rumors are they reports are they stories basically we're going to just dive headfirst into everything arsenal everything that's being reported uh, about arsenal at the moment and um and see what we make of it all i guess or try and make sense of it all together i look forward to doing that in you guys's company because i'm struggling with some of it i gotta say um okay let's uh let's kick off then uh with the uh, Mikel Arteta comments because, of course, Mikel Arteta faced the media earlier on today at the time of recording ahead of that trip to the Etihad on Friday night in the FA Cup. And um, a lot was said. You know, he was asked about his relationship with Pep Guardiola. He was asked about Leandro Trossard, about when we can expect to see Gabi Jesus back. Um, lots of different things were, were obviously put to Mikel Arteta, as is always the case in a press conference. But the big headline, I guess, and the big takeaway from today's press conference um, is that it looks as though Mohamed Onneni has suffered quite a serious injury. And as a consequence, and as a result of that, I think we might see Arsenal at least try to dip into the transfer market again be uh, between now and the end of the window. So what did Mikel Arteta say? Well, he was asked about Mohamed Onneni and whether he'd be available on Friday. Uh, Mikel Arteta said, I don't think he will be. He had some issues with his knee that we are assessing at the moment and we'll have to see how he evolves in the next couple of days. Um, somebody put the question to him, is there concern because there have been whispers he could be out for the season? Is there any truth in that? And Mikel Arteta says, look, there are concerns, especially uh, because Mo is a player who never complains about anything, but let's see. Uh, he was then asked if uh, Jakub Kivio, the new signing, could be someone that Mikel Arteta turns to in a midfield role. And he, and he was asked if he feels he needs enough cover, or he has, I beg your pardon, enough cover in that role. Um, and this is what Mikel said. He said, and this is the big bit, well, we need some more cover in midfield, ideally, if we can. In this market, it's pretty complicated to do that. 
The most important thing is that we get the performances and the time on the pitch uh, that we need with the players we have available today that are really, really good. So Mikel Arteta, for the first time, really kind of just admitting that, you know, maybe the options of uh, Mohamed Elneny and, and Sambi Lakonga um, are not the only options that we can get by with or that we need more um, is a better way of putting it. I was going to say something different and I sort of backtracked from what I was going to say. Um, but yeah, look, it's we all know that midfield is a problem for us. OK, we've all said it for weeks. We all said it going into this transfer window. I sat here on yesterday's show and I said to you guys, my God, I mean, I'm, you know, obviously happy with the business that we've done. I was happy with the signing of Jakub Kivior. Um, I was happy with the fact that we brought Leandro Trossard in. And, and while I think the need for a winger was as great as the need for a central midfielder, I wasn't sure that a central defender was at the top of my list. You know, i got to be honest. And I said to you guys that I thought it was something that Arsenal might do later on. I thought it was something that Arsenal might have looked to do in the uh, summer window. But to kind of fast track that and not bring in a midfielder, I think, could be something that we look back on and 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 regret later on and moving forward. Not because Jakob Kivior isn't a good addition or anything like that. I'm not having a go at the player. But because we've now got this problem with Mohamed Elneny. And what's really, really interesting is that this rumour about Mohamed Elneny has been going around for a few days now, um, a little while longer than, than maybe Arsenal would like people to, to know. Um, and, and so there has been concern about that. And obviously that has probably pushed Arsenal back into the transfer market when maybe they were done. You know, I'd said to you guys that although I thought a midfielder was necessary and I thought that it would be almost criminal for Arsenal to turn up the opportunity to bring one in, given where we are in the league and given the position we find ourselves in, I must admit, I wasn't sure that Arsenal were actually going to go out and do that. If I had to bet my mortgage on it, I probably would have said that after Jakob Kivior and Leandro Trossard, that was it for Arsenal in this window. But obviously, Elneny has suffered this injury. Obviously, for Mikel Arteta to even entertain that type of question, the question around whether he could be out for the entire season, that suggests that this injury is pretty severe and pretty serious. Now, you or I might not think that Mohamed Elneny is a good enough option, is a good enough cover player uh, for Thomas Partey. But judging by the fact that Arsenal have dipped into the transfer market in two other areas prior to addressing the central midfield area, you can read between the lines and assume that at least Mikel Arteta believed or felt that Elneny and Lokonga were sufficient cover for now and that maybe we'd move for someone of a much higher profile, maybe of a much higher standard in the summer and that as and that, that position could wait. But now, given this injury sustained by Mohamed Elneny, and again, there's been no real confirmation from Mikel Arteta or Arsenal as to how long the Egyptian is likely to be out for, but reading between the lines, it doesn't look good, does it, based on what he's saying? So um, let's see what's going to happen. Um, you know, can we get someone in? Do we have our sights set on a big target in the summer? And would going into the transfer market now out of desperation and out of a bit of panic, would that hinder us in securing our long-term target in the summer? Maybe. And whilst I've been a huge advocate for Arsenal not swaying from the plan and not buckling down to the pressure of what the fans want and not veering away from what they believe is the right path too often. I do look at this and think this is such a huge opportunity, the likes of which 
I never expected to see at this point in the season, the likes of which I never expected when we kicked off back in August. It's, yeah, it's it's hard, man. It, it's really hard because you, you want one to come in, but you also don't want a stopgap player. You look at some of the names we've been linked with of late. You look at, you know, I don't know, Moises Caicedo, a player that I think would be a, a wonderful addition, but you think about what Brighton would want for him to let him go in January, and it's huge, it's astronomical. They'd probably ask for crazy money in the summer as well, but you can probably justify it a little bit more then. You know, we're talking about players like Declan Rice who are being linked with a move to Arsenal uh, quite frequently at the moment. Would Declan Rice be a good fit? A lot of Arsenal fans would back that and support that idea. But again, it's not something that I think Arsenal could do in this January window. It's very much summer business that. So what do you do now if you're Arsenal Football Club? Do you wait and see what the, the deal is with Elneny? Try and find out exactly what the extent of the injury is in the you know the coming days and if it is bad news leave yourself a very small amount of time to go out and get a deal done before the window slams shut do you just go with your instinct and go with the initial prognosis which doesn't look good for Mohamed Elneny and go out and try and get someone in from now do you you know trust in what you have do you look at the fact that maybe Alexander Zinchenko could play midfield um, if if we really needed it, do you, I, I don't know. I don't know what the solution or the answer is to this, and that's why this is a really complex and difficult subject because we don't know exactly what the financial situation is behind the scenes. We don't know whether Arsenal can afford to go and bring in a player to help us now and in the interim, or if doing that will prevent us from taking bigger strides forward in the summer and bringing in somebody that you or I can all agree is of the highest calibre and ready to take this team forward and onto the next level, you know, a higher level than where we already are at. It's a really difficult one. It's a really, really difficult one. And I think what Arsenal will be doing, if I had to guess, if I had to predict what their plan of action as a football club would be right now, I'd imagine that they're probably looking around, uh, probably scouring the market, looking for opportunities, speaking to intermediaries, um, keeping their ear close to the ground and, and maybe they'll feel like they need to be in a position to pounce if any opportunity comes along or if they get any whiff of somebody, you know, who maybe does want to move, who does want to join Arsenal. You've got to remember, this is a really desirable place to be at the moment, right? We're a huge football club. We're a London-based football club, which is always a huge lure for players. Um, you know, we've got the finances in terms of what we pay people in, in wages uh, to be competitive in that sense. So, yeah, it's interesting. We we also heard, didn't we, earlier on in the window that Arsenal had um, their eyes set on Zubimendi of Real Sociedad and that Arsenal were willing to trigger his release clause, according to some reports in Spain, but that the player himself was not willing to leave his club in the middle of the season. And maybe that's one that Arsenal revisit in the summer. So, again, I circle back round. But the point I'm trying to make here is that if Arsenal have long-term targets in mind, that they had earmarked for the summer, does going out and bringing in someone cause them cause them a problem going forward? Does it sort of limit it, what they can spend going forward? Because we keep talking about this. The money is not endless. The money is not endless. The money is, um, is going to dry up at some point when the ownership says so. Um, I think they've put a lot of money in in the the hope that we get back into the Champions League. And at the moment, you have to say we're on course 
to achieve that. We're on course to do that. But, you know, at some point, the spending has to stop. We're not Chelsea. We're not Manchester City. We're not Manchester United even. So, yeah, you know, you've got to see um, how this is going to pan out and you've got to keep a close eye on it. If the opportunity comes along, then you do it. If it doesn't, though, do you just sign someone for the sake of it? Depends on what Mikel Arteta feels he's got in terms of cover from other areas. So somebody in the chat mentioned Zinchenko, and that's a really good option. You know, when he came into the club, many of us said, well, Zinchenko's coming in to, to play or rotate with Granit Xhaka. A lot of us thought that. Not many of us predicted that Zinchenko's sole position in this Arsenal side would be at left back. A lot of us knew that he could play there and a lot of us knew that there was a possibility he'd play a lot of his football there, especially given Kiarantini's injury record. But I don't think anybody thought that he'd play exclusively there. And so far he has. So could he move into the midfield and then Kiarantini comes into the side, which is, um, you know, not, not a bad option at all as far as left-backs go. Mikel Arteta will look at it and think that he's got options and think that he's got alternatives. Um and we'll look to pull on the versatility that he has insisted on when we've been bringing players in. Maybe he'll think that Ben White could play in defensive midfield in the worst possible scenario and that Tommy Asu could come in at right back. Mikel Arteta is so big on versatility that I wouldn't be surprised if he looked at somebody else in his squad, somebody that maybe you or I um, would, would turn our noses up at and say he can play that role for me. So although Arsenal probably do need to go out and get a midfielder. Although Mikel Arteta has even himself admitted that he'd like a bit more cover, I don't think there's any guarantee that Arsenal go out and get one before the end of the window. And I just want to prepare people for that so that we don't get the meltdown and all the nonsense that comes with that. Because I think there's a real possibility that we end up signing no more players between now and the end of the window. One of the names that is being heavily linked uh, with, of course, uh, a move to Arsenal is uh, Everton's Amadou Onana. Now, he has been linked with a couple of clubs, uh, a couple of Premier League clubs. Chelsea credited with an interest as well. Surprise, surprise. Um, he's somebody that Everton brought in uh, during the summer. He's somebody that, um, when he first came into the side, I thought looked really, really good. And I thought um, played at an incredibly high level. And I think throughout his time uh, at Everton so far, the 21-year-old has shown glimpses and and shown some potential. Um, again, I always say this to you guys, potential without fulfilling it doesn't mean an awful lot. Uh, obviously, started his career uh, in Belgium, moved to Germany with Hoffenheim, played at under 17, under 19 level, um, then uh, transferred over to Hamburg uh, before joining Lille in France uh, for £12.6 million. And then Everton, on August 9th, paid 35 million euros to bring him to the Premier League. And since his arrival at Everton, he's played 18 times in the Premier League, once in the FA Cup, once in the Carabao Cup. He scored one Premier League goal. Um, I'll just double check this, but if I'm not mistaken, it came really early on in the season. Uh, yeah, it was a way... Uh, no. Sorry, I beg your pardon. It was at home to Southampton um, very recently. I remember him having a really great performance uh, earlier on in the campaign. I just couldn't remember who it was against. And I just assumed that that was one that he scored in. But I'm wrong. He scored recently uh, in the 2-1 defeat against Southampton. Uh, but he's someone that, you know, he's very physical, very powerful. 
But for me, he looks a little bit raw. So I don't have any question about him, about his ability to go around and get around the pitch. You only need to look at someone on a heat, heat maps to understand how mobile this guy is. I don't have any problem with him putting himself about. I don't have any problem with him uh, diving into challenges and winning the ball back in that sense and dealing with all the physical stuff that comes with being a Premier League player. Where I do have concerns is I think he's a little bit raw. I don't think he's as good at progressing the ball as Thomas Partey is. In fact, I think he's a little bit er erratic in possession. I think he tries things that maybe your deepest line midfield player shouldn't try unless they are uh, really top, top level and are going to be able to execute those types of line breaking passes. Really hard to know, though, how much of that is down to the fact that he plays in a really bad Everton side at the moment. You know, Everton have gone crazy in recent years in the transfer market and have overspent and bought players in that were not uh, up to the standard required. Their managerial situation, whereby they change managers more than most people change their underwear, tells you that there's something seriously and deeply wrong at Everton. But because of the position they're in, there's an opportunity to take advantage of that. If you're a bigger fish, you can go in there and you can try and take players away from the club. But if it's true that Everton are demanding £50 million for Amadou Anana, then I'd steer clear, personally. That's my opinion. I think he's got the makings of a really good footballer. If he can have sort of some of those rough edges polished a little bit, if he can um, be uh, moulded into a slightly more, uh, what's the word? I, I don't want to say this word because it sounds like I'm being disrespectful, but if he was a bit more intelligent in his play and a little bit more intelligent in possession. I think he would have all the makings of a top, top player, but that's why these top, top players don't come around too often because it's very rare that you find someone with the physical attributes that Amadou Anana has, but also the technical ones to go along with it. So not a signing that I'd be looking at, if I'm honest. If there was an opportunity to land him for maybe 20, 25 million, I might look at this differently. I might look at it and think, well, do you know what? I don't think you're the finished article. I think you've got a lot of the raw materials, but somebody needs to work with you. Somebody needs to work on you. And given that he is just 21 years old, I might have been willing to take that up, that risk at 20, 25 million pounds. I certainly wouldn't be taking that risk, though, at 50 million pounds plus. He's nowhere near uh, that level, if you ask me, not at this stage. And um, And so, yeah, I'd be worried about that. I'd be concerned about that. But Mikel Arteta, as we say, has admitted that he could do with some more midfield cover. Amadou Anana is being heavily linked. But for me, you know, first of all, I don't think Arsenal go and spend £50 million on a central midfielder that isn't their end game midfielder, if that makes sense. So it, that isn't a Declan Rice or a, um, you know, you know, just to name a few examples. I just, I just don't think Arsenal do this. Now, I think if Arsenal do bring in a midfielder, it will be one uh, of a relatively low value. It could be a loan deal. It, it could be just something that helps us in the interim, maybe someone a little bit more experienced. But you don't go and take a £50 million punt on Amadou Anana right now. It's a silly idea. Um, and I hope that these rumours aren't true, because for me, he's not ready to help us. Um, he's not. And, and that's... that's the bottom line of it really as as far as i can see um thank you so much for this uh, very kind donation from the ginger guna he says harry smile arsenal are the greatest in the world 
mate, Arsenal are fantastic at the moment. They're an absolute joy to watch. And I'm I'm so happy with the way things have gone this season. But I'm tired. I am grumpy. I am worried about what we're going to do in that midfield area uh, in the event that we lose Thomas Partey. Now, obviously, touch wood, we haven't lost him yet. But, you know, you, you just feel like we're one injury away from a capitulation. And I, I don't think I could take that. You know, I'm so emotionally invested in this team. I'm so emotionally invested in what we're building, what we're working with at the moment and the progress that we've seen. I just, the idea of like potentially messing it up because we were one player short, it, it's the type of thing that would haunt me. It is the type of thing that would haunt me uh, for years. I don't know how I'd get over it. But anyway, um, lots of you with different opinions in the chat. Just quickly, uh, while you get your thoughts and get your questions in the chat as well, because it's not going to be a very long show uh, tonight. I am joining FK over on the Latte Firm uh, at 9pm to look ahead to the Manchester City game. So join us on there if you're watching us live now on YouTube. But what I will ask you to do is leave a like on the video because we haven't even got uh, 100 likes on the board yet. What is going on? Come on, guys. Like doesn't cost a thing. Also, subscribe to the channel if you are brand new. We're less than 100 subscribers away from making 26,000 here on YouTube alone. And that doesn't even include all the lovely people that listen across the multiple platforms. So like, subscribe, you know the draw by now. Check us out on another slice as well. Um, yeah, get your thoughts in, get your questions in. Uh, just want to quickly touch on while you're doing that, uh, Ivan Fresneda, we talked about him yesterday. Uh, reports today saying that actually Dortmund are ahead of us in the race at the moment uh, to do that deal. Uh, those reports came out and it was said that the issue with Cedric was an issue in terms of getting this deal over the line. You know, could we move him on? It's been reported today that Cedric is closing in on a loan deal that will take him to Fulham. There's no obligation to buy nothing like that. It's just a straight six month loan deal um, and that Fulham would take on all of his wages. Marco Silva said to be very, very keen on the Portuguese defender. Honestly, I don't know. Um, we haven't had any official confirmation of that deal. If we do, maybe that puts Arsenal in a stronger position to challenge for Fresneda. But as we said yesterday, this is very much one for the future and not for the here and now. Uh, because the plan, I believe, if Arsenal were to uh, get ahead in the race for his signature, would be to uh, loan him back to Valladolid. So we'll have to see how that goes. Okay, let's take a couple of your questions. Let's take a couple of your thoughts. Right, uh, let's see what we got. Just scrolling back through. Uh, Kun says, Harry, who would you choose as a number six if given the option of Rice or Zubimendi? Uh, forget the price. I've got to be honest, I don't know an awful lot about Zubimendi. I, I read some really positive reviews of him uh, the other day after that kind of story did the rounds. Um, I've got to say, though, so I, I look, I don't know an awful lot about him for me to be able to sit here and say, yes, he's absolutely the answer. But I'll tell you what, I'm not as big on the idea of Declan Rice as some Arsenal fans are. I'm not. Uh, why? Because I don't think that he's as good a ball progressor as Thomas Partey. So I don't think he can be the orchestrator that Thomas Partey is for us uh, in this system. I remember the Euros when he played alongside Calvin Phillips in midfield. And I thought actually Calvin Phillips was probably the more 
progressive one of the two. Maybe that's because of the role that Declan Rice was assigned in that team. But I don't know that he's got the passing range that Partey has. I don't know that he's got the ability to play under pressure when we try and play out from the back in the way that Partey does. He's a big, strong lad and a wonderful player in his own right. But maybe for me, just not quite the right fit. As for Zubimendi, again, you know, I'll, I'll say how it is. I, I don't really know whether he'd be a good fit or not. I'd be lying if I said I did. But obviously, according to reports, Arsenal are, are quite keen on the player. And maybe that's one we'll go back in for uh, come, of course, the summer. But we'll have to wait and see. The problem we've got is now. Um, I don't doubt that in the summer, Arsenal will go out and bring in a, a top quality midfielder. I really do think that that is the next thing on the agenda. But at this moment in time, um, you know, I'm I'm not sure who that should be. I'm not sure that Arsenal are going to want to jump into anything in this window as well that potentially impacts on their ability to do that come the summer. Uh, name says for me, Ishmael Benacer, ex-Arsenal, can play six and eight and has a release. I don't know about Benacer. Um, He's done a wonderful job in Serie A, really stepped up to the plate, especially since Frank Kessie left the club. But got question marks over him as well and whether he'd be able to do it in the Premier League. Again, I think I think with him, he's good on the ball. I think he's more sophisticated than an Amadou Onana in possession. But is he as mobile? Is he as physical out of possession? And therefore... If he's not, does that weaken us in midfield a little bit too much? Maybe it does. I don't, it's really so difficult to say. It's always difficult to look at players and, and work out how they would transition from one league to another. Uh, what else have we got? Lots of you commenting on the ongoing game at the moment between Nottingham Forest and Manchester United in the EFL Cup. Obviously not watching it because I'm doing this, but um, I'll, sh I'll surely catch up with the highlights a little bit later on. Uh, what else have we got? Uh, Sam Rudman says, should Arsenal go back in for Douglas Louise? I was never really keen on Douglas Louise. Um, I remember talking about it on, on deadline day and saying, well, is this the right move? I'm not really sure, um, to be honest with you. And, and I still feel like that, you know, it, again, it was one of those, if the price was right, then maybe you take the risk and you look at it as a short term thing. The fact that Arsenal were in for Douglas Louise though, shows you that they themselves knew that this was going to be a possibility, like that there would come a point where um, they might be really thin in midfield. And, and they were worried about that clearly, because as I say, they tried to do that deal on deadline day, but it didn't materialize. Um, you'd like to think that if it was right at the top of the priority list, they'd have tried to do it sooner. Um, but at the time they did try and do it, we had a couple of injuries. So, at the very least, that tells us, as I said, that they knew that they were only ever one injury away from this. And it looks as though that injury has been sustained. Thankfully, it's not to Thomas Partey. It's not to say I wish Mohamed on any injured, but thankfully, it's not Thomas Partey. And so if we're fortunate, maybe we can get away with it. But do you want to take that risk, given where we are in the Premier League right now and given the opportunity we have in front of us? Tough. Uh, what else have we got? Um, lots of you asking me about the City game. Um, uh, we're going to do a full preview on that tomorrow, so I'm not going to give you too much on that. Uh, as I mentioned earlier in the week, uh, Arsenal presenter Nicole Holiday 
is going to join me in the studio tomorrow. We're going to be uh, talking Man City in the FA Cup. We'll be talking about the season so far. We'll get her take on the transfer window. We'll also uh, talk to her a little bit, a little bit about her career as well because she's having a fantastic career, uh, doing all sorts uh, of presenting work and most notably for us at the Arsenal. So yeah, uh, really looking forward to catching up with Nicole. Uh, we met a few weeks ago um, at the Arsenal ladies match and um, and yeah, she, she said she'd love to come on the podcast, which is amazing. Uh, and we're delighted to have her coming on. So uh, yeah, I'm sure you'll enjoy that episode tomorrow. It'll be available to you guys tomorrow evening. Uh, Justin says, would you rather get a top player now and not have finances to get Rice in the summer or stick with what we got and run the risk of no title, but we get Rice in the summer? For me, you got to do what you got to do to win the title. As I've said, I'm not massive on Rice like some people are. So I wouldn't be put out if we didn't sign Declan Rice, as long as we did go out and get a good, strong midfield player in. And, you know, who that will be, I don't know. You know, again, you want to see the, how the rest of the season pans out. You want to watch players. You want to understand where they're at in terms of their personal form. And you want to draw those conclusions. Or you want to... Yeah, I guess, I guess you want to assess players a little bit more before you kind of commit to saying, yep, this is the guy. That's the guy. Uh, what else have we got in the chat? Um, let's just take a couple more. Um, Don Juan says, when's Shaban coming on, Harry? We need to get Shaban on soon, actually, to do an Ask the Women's update. Uh, we wanted to, I wanted to do that regularly, but I just haven't had the time. I've just been so busy. Uh, but yeah, I'm sure Shaban uh, would do it um, whenever we need her. She's a great sport. And make sure you check out her channel as well, by the way. Uh, it's fantastic if you want to keep across all things women's football. Uh, Mark says, was the rice any good at Canton's? Uh, to be clear, I didn't go to Tom Canton's house uh, to eat Chinese food. Um, no offense, Tom, but I'm not sure I'd trust you to cook me Chinese food. Uh, but we did catch up with uh, a few of the guys. Uh, Mike from the Gooners pod and a few of the other lads uh, were over from the States. And uh, we met for a lunch uh, the other day at a restaurant picked by Mike because it was called Canton's. Tom Canton, obviously, there as well. Uh, Sophie was there from the Highbury squad, as you might have seen online. Uh, who else was there? Uh, Lee Judges uh, was there. Albert, loads of familiar faces from the Arsenal YouTube world. Um, but yeah, it was great fun. Good to see them all. And um, yeah, amazing. Okay, uh, let me take one more because I've got a dash soon. I've got to jump on the latte firm which I'm very much uh, looking forward to. Uh, here's one from Vlad. And, and I think, look, if Arsenal do sign somebody to play in midfield between now and the end of the transfer window, I think it is going to be pretty much what Vlad says here. Similar to Kivior, it might just be someone completely out of the blue that's not been reported. Example, Bamba, Kakare or Sangare. They're the examples uh, that he has... Um, that he has uh, highlighted, but yeah, I, I agree with the general um, the general point there that, or the overall point that actually it could be someone that neither you or I has highlighted or has even considered as an option. So that's what happens a lot of the time when it comes to football transfers. That's what happens with Arsenal. They do like to, whenever possible, work within the shadows. They don't want everybody to know what it is they're trying to do. There's a pressure that comes with that, and um, and obviously the more public it is the more, uh, I guess, powerful the club that are trying to sell the player or or will be selling the player feel. And that can lead to the price b 
being driven up as well. So, yeah, I, I, look, I wouldn't put it past Arsenal just popping up uh, in the next few days and announcing a midfield signing. But don't expect the world, is what I would say to you. Don't expect Arsenal to go out and bring in a household name to play in midfield between now and the end of the season. Because I honestly think that the funds for that have probably been earmarked for the summer. I honestly think that it's, again, based on Arsenal getting in the Champions League and all of that stuff. And if, as I keep saying, as I've said with many players over the last two, three seasons during this rebuild, if you go out and spend money on someone that isn't part of the long-term plan, money that isn't just going to be replaced as quickly as Todd Bowley replaces money at Chelsea, then you could be setting yourself back. So you run the risk of being thin at times and you run the risk of, um, you know, potential injury crisis. But you kind of need to do that and see that through if, like indeed is the case at Arsenal, the funds are limited to a certain point and you want to make those funds go as far as they possibly can. So, um, yeah, that's where I'm at. Onana, not for me. Not the answer for me. Onana, no, Nana, not for me. Um, I don't want to see him at Arsenal. Not for £50 million anyway. As I said, if it was a smaller fee, maybe I'd take a punt. But not at, not at £50 million if that's what Everton are asking for. Everton are in deep shit. They probably look at him and think, if I can get 50 million for him and bring in a new manager, he could probably bring in two, three players with that and and that might get us out of the shit. And they'll be looking to sell people like him or Anthony Gordon for that exact reason. So don't bow to that. Don't fall for that trap. Don't overpay. He's not the one for me. I would honestly rather see Zinchenko play in defensive midfield and Tierney at left back than... Arsenal go and spend 50 million on Onana. Um, that Mikel Arteta is going to probably have to stick with what he's got and see how far that takes us. Not ideal, but it is the way it is, I guess. So, um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. And, and obviously, we need to find out more about the extent of Mohamed Elneny's injury. But anyway, look, going to leave it there. Going to dash. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Uh, as I say, tomorrow evening, that episode with Nicole Holiday will be available to you guys on all the platforms. I'll see you all soon. Until next time, goodbye. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon.